passion, drive, and patience. The formula of winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything for you to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has it covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices that you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP it needs to be and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Again, ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Summer's coming. Are you ready to unveil that beach pod? Manscaped is here to ensure your body is ready for the wild with their game-changing full-body grooming and hygiene product. Don't be the guy at the beach with Austin Powers chest hair. And maybe you've grown some winter man tits. At least you can make them hairless. It's time to get ready for hot guy summer by going to manscaped.com and getting 20% off in free shipping with my promo code Bubba. Manscaped is dedicated to helping you increase your confidence and level up your full-body grooming game with the Performance Package 4.0. The kit comes with the essential lawnmower 4.0 waterproof cordless body trimmer and a ton of other liquid formations to round out your grooming routine. Whether you're trimming your chest or your treasure chest in your pant, doesn't matter. This is the best trimmer on the market. Inside the performance package, you're going to find the Manscaped Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Ball Toner, Anti-Chafing Ball Deodorant, and Moisturizer. Because we all know how painful chafing can be when you're wearing your bathing suit all day. Nobody likes nose hairs, so their package comes with the Weed Whacker 2.0 as well. You're also going to get two free gifts. The Shed Travel Bag, about a $39 value, and the patented high-performance Reduced Chafing Manscaped Boxers. And if you're wearing sandals, you're going to need to get the Manscaped Shears 2.0 Nail Kit. Having the right tools for grooming is essential. Do yourself a favor and always use the right tools for the job. Get 20% off in free shipping with promo code Bubba at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off in free shipping with promo code Bubba at Manscaped.com. Trim your chesticles with the besticles at Manscaped.com. Manscaped.com, promo code Bubba. Mark Furman, he lives in Idaho now. We got him on hold. Now, here. Brent, you got to help me out on this deal, Brent. You got to thoroughly help me out on this deal because you read the book or a lot of the book, and I just know Norm, uh, Mark Furman for obviously for what he's been in. Yeah, I, I read the book. What's Murder, it called? Murder in Spokane about uh, Robert Yates, a serial killer in Spokane, Washington, that uh, Mark helped catch. Actually, it's a. What's up, Mark Furman? How are you? I'm fine. You live in Idaho now. I do. Now, how bad was it, Mark? Did you have to get out of L.A. or you just chose to? No, I was gonna. I was gonna leave. I plan to do this where I live now. Uh, I plan to retire at twenty and leave and come up uh, here two years before Simpson killed a couple people. So you mean after you had twenty years on L.A., then you decided to get? To, you already had a plan even before O.J. did what he did. Yeah, I, I was. You know, I had a long-range plan, unlike Simpson. Allegedly. Now, no, don't say <laughs> yeah, allegedly. No, no, there's, there's no allegedly. Why, why, why do we have to say allegedly? I ain't saying it. I, I'll tell you one thing. That's one of my producers who's being a dick. I, 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 help. Furman, Furman and most of America thinks he did it. So, hell, why not say it? Furman, it was real close to the case. And, and I will say this, that, that Mark Furman, he helped uh, solve the Martha Moxley case, which, you know, Michael Skakel, one of the Kennedy, Kennedy clan beater with a golf club. He is, you know, from reading his book, he is a very good investigator. Hey, Furman, why did you get such a bad rap? That's, uh, did you not get railroaded? Oh, I don't know. You know, we, we, can, we could whine all we want. We could say, uh, you know, the old poor me thing. But, you know, you let everybody say what they're going to say, and, and then you uh, go ahead and, and do what you do and, and let the chips fall where they may. Uh, you know, the Simpson, the Simpson team, 
they had to attack me. I knew it. When I got off that stand in the prelim in July of 1994, I knew something was going to happen to me. I don't care what it was because they couldn't attack my police work. They couldn't attack the way I testified. They couldn't do anything with the evidence they had. They all knew their client was guilty. They're a bunch of whores to go ahead and attack the messenger because they want to make a lot of money clearing a famous celebrity athlete so they can get bigger cases for more money an hour. That's it in a nutshell. And now, now Mark, where did the LAPD go wrong uh, in the investigation deal, you know, when they tried to preserve the DNA or not getting enough DNA swatches? I mean, you know, they didn't do anything wrong. They didn't do anything wrong. They didn't do, well, you know, it's, this is what I told Marsha Clark, and it really puts the whole case into perspective. I said, Marsha, everything that defense is challenging, probably upwards of almost 100 pieces of evidence, including the glove, right. in your final arguments, tell the jury, don't consider any of this evidence that the defense has challenged. Not one. Not one piece that they have challenged. Just pay attention to the other 200 pieces of forensic evidence that point to one and one person only in this planet, O.J. Simpson. And then you really have really the perspective of this case. They only attacked evidence that they could attach some human connection with that does the same things, makes the same uh, pauses or, or takes off their gloves or sets something in the trunk. It goes on every day. So, so the bottom line is if they wouldn't have, there's 300-some pieces of evidence, let them take their hundreds that are disputed and whatever. The other 200 that's non-disputed is what they should have uh, really you know, focused on. Yeah, well, you could take six pieces of evidence in the Simpson case and put him on death row. <laughs> wow. Now, let me ask you a question. I was with some criminal attorneys. As I'm on some criminal charges here in Tampa, if you can believe it. And I was You're on, kidding. No. <laughs> Have wow. you, you've not heard about my deal? Uh, no, I haven't heard about your deal, but I heard there's a little bit of crime in Florida. I don't know. It was, maybe it was a rumor. We need to get a full. rumor. <laughs> if I ever got became mayor, I'd get Furman to be my police chief. But like, hey, <laughs> hey you know, there you go. I mean, hey, you know what? I want to know the mayor that's got the nads to say, hey, you know what, ladies and gentlemen, I won by a landslide. I'm the most popular guy ever. Guess who's my new my new police chief? Mark Furman's my boy. Come on down, Mark. Florida needs you. There you go. Let's do it. Anyway, uh, I was with some criminal guys last week. Uh, last week, as a matter of fact, and one of them was a state attorney for 17 years in this area, and he's like, and we actually started talking about the OJ case, and he said, you know where, and this is his personal opinion, being a former prosecutor and now on the criminal defense side, he's like, where they messed up is when they, when the defense, or the prosecution, I should say, had OJ try the glove on. Because anybody can make their, anybody can make their hand not fit in something, if, anybody, anybody could do that. Why would you do it anyway? You've got his blood on it. You don't need to see if it fits. Who cares if it was a tight fit or a loose? Who cares if he borrowed the gloves or stole them? Who cares if they were at the house and they were Ron Goldman? Who's care if they were Ron Goldman's pocket? That's not the point. The point is, how do you explain your blood, Simpson? How do you explain everything there? And yeah, and Chris Darden, he should have never been in that courtroom. And, you know, a lot of people kind of... Well, he was banging Marsha, though. He had to get in there. You know, I don't, I don't pay attention to most of those things. I could really care what people do privately, but I'll tell you one thing. When, when you come into a case like that, your trial experience in the last seven years was two cases, both against cops. I think you got a problem. Yeah, and when he's supposed to, and meanwhile, you know, they have to have you a cop up there, and you got Darden up there, who's not pro-cop. 
you know. Well, you know, Darden always knew, and I kept asking him to go play basketball. He knew I could take him one-on-one. <laughs> <laughs> he held this so close. He didn't want to get beat by a cracker on a one-on-one deal and, oh, and, and, and down there in Compton. Hey, you know, the other thing is the, the, the defense attorneys that I had, you know, uh, they were like, you know, they don't understand why Marsha Clark and the guys did not use OJ's. When he was on the phone, he was like, oh, I'm sorry, and I've had a good life. They, you know, they, they're at, their stance was, Clark's stance was it, that it may bring sympathy to OJ. I think that convicts him right there. No, and it's funny, defense attorneys don't get it. Uh, and it's pretty simple. In the interrogation, why didn't they use the interrogation? What was that all about? Well, the interrogation, I mean, it was actually publicized. Uh, you know, 32 minutes uh, of interrogation. They, Simpson never uh, wanted his rights read to him. He had no attorney there. And Lang and Van Adder went through this. And this is the only time they were ever going to talk to him before he lawyered up. And they sat there and they asked him all these questions, and they forgot to ask him one. Did you kill her? Oh, well, he flat out didn't ask her. Oh, yeah. You're, you, a defense attorney will have his, uh, you know, a heyday with this. It's like you're in court and you got the lead detective up there. And they get, well, you think he did this? Yeah. You think he murdered these two people? Yeah, yeah. Uh, then do you want to tell me why you never asked him? And then the same thing in the slow speed pursuit. We got a guy with a gun to his head, babbling uncontrollably and whining. And, with, with a disguise. With a disguise and all this crap going on. And then Lang, who's got him on the cellular phone, and they're recording it. Never says something really simple. Why'd you kill her, OJ? Yeah, I mean, if, if he flat out would, Flang just would have flat out said, OJ, we know you're hurting, but why did you do it? Yeah, and then, yeah. and then you subsequently, you could have used his response in court. Why didn't? Yeah, what were they thinking on that well, deal? You're not going to use it if you never ask, because if you don't believe he did it, <laughs> then how can you be the lead detective and how can you make this case on him? And then. Why, if you want to put forth all this experience and all these homicides and all this credential crap that you look, you know, you put on a resume, and yet you, you you prop yourself up like that, and then go, well, you want to tell me why you never asked the suspect if he did it? It's it's crazy. And so Marcia can spin all this sympathy stuff she wants, but it's because oh, I have no sim- detectives blew it. I think most of America, Mark, to be honest with you. Is, is really disgusted by it, and I think I, I think you kind of got railroaded. And the reason being is this: you can't put one word on a man and and taint his credibility as a person when there's no as a human being. There's no word police. There's no, we can use any word we want. And whether you're in parody, whether you're in character, whether you're acting, or whether you're just hanging out with the boys, using a word, and using the N-word, I'll even say that, using the N-word does not make you a corrupt individual. We've all used it. We've all used racial slurs of all kinds. Every one of us. The President of the United States has probably used it. And don't think that the blacks don't use it against other races, and the Chinese don't use it against other races, and the Mexicans don't use it against. Everybody does it. Mark yeah, everybody, for- everybody does it, and uh, the, the standard or the bar is always raised when it uh, behooves somebody that has a lot of money to hire a lot of people that will say anything that makes them more money. That's it in a nutshell. Uh, this case would have gone nowhere. It's been tried a thousand times in L.A., 10,000, 100,000 times in L.A., and the judge says, you know, if there's something relevant here, spit it out. If Did, there isn't something, there's a there's an issue about the officer's conduct. Contact internal affairs. Continue. Need blow it. Oh, absolutely. I, you know, when I was sitting there, uh, you know, during the whole thing, you know, I'm not watching it, but I'm certainly getting the feedback of what's going on. Right. When when I'm watching what's going on, I kept 
wondering to myself, and I was, I was a little silent about it because I figured all these people are on board. Why is he opposing the law that has been entrenched, I mean, written in granite for decades about laws of evidence? Why is he so confused? I've watched his judges over 20 years. You know, these issues come up, and they're decided on within minutes, not months. And Ito has some kind of problem with uh, making decisions and, and controlling his courtroom and understanding the simplest things of, of materiality and relevance, and he just let it spin out of control. And it was, it was really too bad, because he made the criminal justice system seem like some kind of squishy thing. It's very tight. There's not a lot of gray areas, and the gray areas are decided on by the judge very quickly. Very confusing to me. Your new book is called Murder in Spokane. Now, did the Spokane police come to you to help catch Robert Yates, or did they, did uh, you go to them? No, it was it was kind of a it was a mishmash. I was doing a radio show. I do a radio show twice a week in in Spokane on on crime. You know, you talk about famous cases. You talk about things that are going on in the community, uh, this type of thing. And all of a sudden, we start having women turn up dead. And then there's a little research done by my, myself and Mike Fitzsimmons at KXOY. There's been a lot of women in the past, and then all of a sudden somebody starts dropping women all over the place. And we basically have a serial killer in my backyard, and we start engaging everything on the radio concerning the serial killer and kind of, well, this, you know, just kind of giving the public kind of a heads up. Well, this must be going on. and Via, via, the, radio, via the radio program. Yeah. Right. Must, the task force must be doing this, and, and, and they weren't. They were... Uh, basically, um, you know, collecting information, putting it in a computer, and, and uh, collecting DNA from every white male on the planet, it seemed like. And the very first murder case they could have solved, easy as pie. I, I couldn't believe it. When I finally found out after, you know, 13, 14 women have been killed right there in Spokane. Wow. They released the information that the first victim got into a white Corvette, a white 75 Corvette, driven by a white male, 30 to 40. Now, within 30 days of the police getting that information, they put it out to a few officers, and an officer stops Robert Yates, the killer, in his white Corvette. The guy knows it's a murder suspect. He makes a little field interview card, which is a little less than a ticket, and lets him go on his way. And then when they catch Yates, years later, when Yates catches himself, He's, the officer gets propped up there as, as developing the clue that caught him, and he says, well, I didn't want to tip him off. He was a serial killer, so I just wrote a field interview card. I mean, <laughs> so he let him kill more people. <laughs> Meanwhile, he could have detained him. If he, I mean, how many people did Robert Yates end up killing? Well, at least probably 18 that we know about, and God knows how many he killed uh, in his military career, you know. Germany, where he was stationed for two years, has still got 26 dead, unsolved prostitute homicides. He traveled across the country three times by himself in a car. We know how that works out for serial killers. Right, exactly. He was killing in 1975. He killed a couple that he went to college with, and they never solved that. So Mark helped, helped get this guy. Yes, Mark. And uh, that's what the book is about. That's, and the book is also about how the Spokane police agencies didn't work with each other. If they would have worked with each other, they could have caught the guy a lot sooner. Yeah, it, you know, it's, a, it's an interesting story because there's a lot of things that are going on. Not only... Are they doing what they always did, and they're not, you know, they're not, they're not bringing themselves into the 21st century? I mean, they think that technology is going to do everything, but 
technology is something that you know you dot your eye with. You got to you got to do all the other police work before they totally ignored it. No, and then at the same time, I'm struggling with my transformation from a detective to a journalist, and that was really uh, it was it was something I just had to finally realize that loyalty to cops only goes so far as the truth and if they're doing it correctly. And if they're not and they won't help themselves, then you go ahead and you state the story and you don't make it soft and pretty and fuzzy and everything else. You just tell it the way it is. Now, Mark, on the on the OJ deal, when the DNA evidence they had, you know, obviously, I mean, it, it, it was like there was only like a one billionth chance that it could not have been OJ, correct? Oh yeah, it's crazy. I mean, they Definitely actually crazy. had they actually had OJ's some of his blood at the murder scene, correct? They had it everywhere. His he blood. had it at the murder scene. They had it on the gate. They had it in his driveway. They had it in his Bronco. They had everybody's blood in his Bronco. They had, they had they everybody's had, blood on the glove. They had they Nicole had, and Ron's in his Bronco. Oh yeah, they. I mean, it, it was it was evidence rich to the point where you're never going to see a case like that. Well, Mark, and just in a and you know, Mark, in a very simplistic type fashion how did they lose then i mean you know what went wrong well i, th I think any time that you listen to an uninformed public and let's face it everybody except for the police and the prosecutor and the defense attorney is truly uninformed which i mean honest to god we really are and and, and i'll get into that here momentarily because because get a year my favorite spring cleaning takeaway is the post clean clarity you get when you're talking through Mint Mobile. I mean, I can't believe that I've been living some other life with all this scratchy mobile when I can get crystal clear and the best mobile through Mint Mobile. And I can do it all for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. I can afford this. How much have I been paying on my other plan? Probably getting gouged. But it's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for $15 a month. Say bye-bye to your overpriced wireless plan. I mean, I'm talking jaw-dropping monthly bills and unexpected overages. Say goodbye to all that nonsense. Mint Mobile is here to rescue you with a premium wireless plan starting at 15 bucks a month. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer, and your three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com forward slash Bubba. That's mintmobile.com forward slash B-U-B-B-A. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com forward slash Bubba. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to 15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plans. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. 
Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Ago, we had OJ in the studio, like sitting two feet from me. Part of that internet Ask OJ deal. Yeah. And uh, we had him in the studio, and his handlers said... That if you get up, you know, if you really start busting his balls, he's going to leave. So we just let him say his deal. You know what I'm saying? But, I mean, you know, how did he get away, Mark? How did he do it? Well, I mean, I mean if they I, got I, that much DNA on him, and they tried to paint you as, uh, as, the, as the bad guy you know, that supposedly tainted it or whatever. And who is this guy, Michael Nigg, he keeps bringing up? Is that a farcical <laughs> character, or is that, is that a real yeah. person? Who, who did you say? A, a guy named Michael Nigg. Who's that? Uh, is that, uh, that, that? That's a guy that he brought up as a possible suspect. Yeah, that's who O.J. was bringing up, supposedly. Simpson should look in the mirror more often. Uh, you know, you know. everybody says, why did this happen? Well, I think everybody should look at themselves, and, and the next time somebody, a uh, professional athlete, walks through a restaurant or something and, and just have them relive how they acted and what they said. They put these people on a pedestal. I mean, let's face it, what's O.J. Simpson's contribution to the world? He carries a piece of leather in 100 yards in under 10 seconds. That's it. That's it. Now, O.J. said, and I'm sure that, you know, it was obviously him, you know, I said in the, in the, in the heat of the moment, said he would love to sit down on a one-on-one with you, like over the Internet for some kind of deal, you know, because he's, he's never had a chance to talk to you one-on-one. That's what I'll, he said. I'll, I'll, I'll debate him at Cambridge. I'll debate him on TV. I'll debate him at any law school. and I'll debate him at USC Law. I would love to see that. I've, I've challenged him several times. I've challenged everybody in this case, and nobody will do it because they've all got something to hide. And Simpson, I mean, he doesn't, I mean, let, let's, let's just face one thing. What is Simpson except for a football player? Well, he's a terrible father. He's a terrible husband. He's terrible to all women. He certainly isn't smart. The only thing he does is play football, and yet we elevate him to this level and think he has some kind of hidden intelligence, some kind of reasoning, some kind of way that he can woo us. He has a nice smile, and he was worked for a long time to how to work people. That's all he is. Now, now, it's no. unfortunate, but that's why we can't see him as a murderer. One thing, uh, uh, Mark, that I wanted to tell you what he said to us when he was in the studio, and you can tell me if this is caca or true or whatever uh, i'm just like oj you know tell us i asked oj say OJ, oj tell us something that we as the public don't know maybe some behind the scene of uh, legal posturing or something that happened uh, during the during the you know, oj case that we don't know about and he said and this is what he said and i definitely want to get your reaction on the deal he's like well what ito would not allow this to be known but la county pd settled three mark Furman uh racial suits just prior to uh, the O.J. Simpson trial going on on trial just so they wouldn't look good, uh, bad against their record. Is, is that true? No, and, and the funny thing about it is is any L.A. cop that is actually doing police work, like any big city, you're always being sued because it's the first level of defense for any attorney. That's the first thing said. The other thing is, is I had three, four, five, six over the last ten years suits for arresting people that had committed crimes. And I'll give you an example. One, he, one he's talking about is a man I shot during a robbery. Now, I'm, I'm sorry, Simpson, but uh, I put together a series of robberies, and these two individuals were going up to ATMs, 
and waiting for weak, helpless people, and they were threatening to shoot him and stab him. And unfortunately, one of these guys didn't want to give up, and he braced himself, and he got his young butt shot. Kick now, ass. it's yes. not my fault that he was black, and it doesn't make it a race racist issue. It doesn't and you make were, it a racial I'm, issue. And I'm, sure after you, and I'm sure you were cleared by the, by the department. Oh, yeah. It was a good shooting. Clean shoot. It was a good shooting because the guy did something. Yes. I gave him an opportunity to give up, and then he went for it, and he ended up getting shot. So that's and it didn't matter, it, and it wouldn't have mattered in, in your police work if the guy was green, black, black, white, or, 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 or multicolored. Never did. And here, this is the interesting thing that this country kind of fails to see, and it's, and it's kind of interesting that the very people that are the suspects really forget this part. Every person that commits a crime decides what they're going to do. Cops only react and investigate to the evidence that they have seen on the report. And if you're black or white or brown, whatever you color you are, you dictated the attention you get from the police department. Now, now, Mark, when you went to Brentwood, you were one of the first detectives there, were you not, Mark? Yeah. And, you know, obviously they're saying, and it did not happen, but they're saying the Dream Team says that Mark planted the glove. That was the whole big controversy, correct? Yes. Yeah, they lied. And they I, lied to you. And you, I mean, you found the glove. You found. You actually went in the back there by Cato's place, and you found the glove, right? Yeah, because Cato told me to go back there. Oh, Cato told you? Sure. He told me there was a big pounding on the wall. He didn't know what it was, thought there was an earthquake. And since, you know, I'd been up for a while, I knew there was no earthquake. Right. Uh, you know, it became an unusual circumstance that you must investigate. That's why they call us detectives. We're supposed to investigate unusual happenings, especially surrounding a double murder. So you went in the back. Saw the glove. Saw the why, why do you think I went back there? To see possibly what was causing the pounding. Well, think about it. You have a blood trail coming up the driveway. You have blood in a Bronco, blood on a Bronco. You just came from a double murder scene where somebody walked down the side walkway and through a gate, dripping blood, and got into a vehicle. Well, let's put this together just like cub detectives that we are. Suspect or victim leaves the Bundy scene, gets into a vehicle. We find a vehicle with blood, more blood dripping up and into the house. This is a clue. Well, you know, and then, and then you hear a pounding on the wall. Uh, what is that pounding? Did it, was it a signal? No. Was it a couple of bangs? Like somebody could have collapsed in the rear walkway? Yes. Could it be a suspect? Yes. Could it be a victim? Yes. So what, what is the victim's, I mean, the defense saying that you took vials of three separate people's blood and spread them throughout the Bronco and throughout <laughs> his house and on the wall and on the glove? Is I don't that, know where I, I, where I got this. I don't even have my own blood. So, I mean, you know, this is crazy. Yeah, like you're, like you're going to have that in your back pocket, just, 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 <laughs> you know, re- just waiting to go. You know, it, it, it's funny, but this is a perfect example of the left-handed compliment. You know, they can't attack the, the way I was a detective, which was I question the the unexplainable and the strange and I question what's been answered and I don't take anybody else's answer for it I find out for myself I was never a guy that stood around with the detectives with his hands in his pockets and waited for somebody from downtown from a lab to come and do my work I went and did my work myself that's why I discovered evidence because I'm not lazy and I'm not standing around waiting for somebody else to do it there's always something to do this is what F. Lee Bailey, if you, if you go back and look at that testimony, right. it was the worst 
challenge to police work I've ever encountered on the stand. <laughs> Mark, now, Mark, was all three victims' blood found uh, at two two? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Were, 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 was uh, was both Goldman's and Nicole's uh, blood found at Brentwood? Well, yeah, they were dead there. Uh, no, I mean, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, and, uh, no, I'm talking about at, uh, at, at OJ's. Did he subsequently track the blood into his house too? Well, you got to remember that the glove had everybody's blood, Simpsons and both of theirs. Now that's an indictment that goes way beyond anything, right? Anything at either scene, and yeah. then you have all everybody's blood inside in, the Bronco, in the Bronco, exactly, exactly where it should be. Do you think he did it by himself? Do you think he did it by himself, Mark? Do you think he did it by himself? Oh yeah, it's, uh, very easy. Very easy. They're, the victims were killed at two different times. Oh, what do you think the time span between the two were? Do you think that Goldman was killed first or Nicole was killed first? Well, uh, Nicole was definitely rendered unconscious first. Goldman came in, the attack was on, Nicole wakes up, and he finishes her off. It's definitely the way it, way it went down, just from the forensic evidence at the scene. So you think possibly Nicole came out to see what O.J. wanted? He rendered her unconscious. Goldman, yes. came, Goldman came out to, to maybe defend her. He offed her and then did Nicole on the backside. Goldman never knew there was even anything going on. All he, you know, we, we can really see this forensically when, you know, she has to be laying unconscious when Goldman walks through the gate. Simpson's hiding in, in the trees or the bushes there. He, he cradles Nicole's head in his lap because 35 of her hairs are found on the front of his shirt. Oh, wow. That's that's definite. That that occurred. And I, nobody, see, I can't understand. I cannot understand, uh, uh, Mark. How the hell he got uh, got out of there? I can't. I mean, how the hell he got away? I can't see it. Well, it was very quick. People don't understand. Do you watch? Do you watch boxing? Yeah. yeah. How many blows do you think George Foreman, the heaviest heavyweight we've ever seen in the last two decades? Uh, how many blows do you think he throws in a boxing match in three minutes? Oh God, maybe fifty, sixty. You're right. Forty-five to fifty. Right. Now. That man's throwing that many blows in three minutes. You want know, to tell me how 24 stab wounds take so long from a guy that's all adrenaline up? He's got a knife. The other guy has nothing. He outweighs him by 40 pounds. And he's, an, he's a former athlete. He could get that done in no problem. Pretty easy fight. And the first two wounds that hit Ron Goldman's right side of his chest were fatal. For the hard deal. He just didn't know he was dead. Now, now, uh, Ron, what, what's the theory on the on the thumping? Do you think OJ went back to uh, back to his place and then actually was beaten on uh, Cato's uh, uh, wall? No, he wasn't beaten on it. He just collapsed there. In other words, just hit the the air conditioner that was sticking out out of exhaustion. Yeah, he was going he was going all the way around. You could go all the way around uh, that the bungalow in the back and come into the rear courtyard by the pool and then enter the back of the house because one key fit every door in the house. Oh, so he so was back it doesn't there. really matter. Yeah. And, and obviously, you know, obviously tired from having just killed two people and your adrenaline going crazy. You're Now you're nervous trying to get away with it. You're scared to death. He's scared to death. And, you know, one of these people that uh, are involved in this rage-based attack on women, they're very much the same personality profile. Now, when you were in court, Mark, uh, with O.J., did you stare him down at all? Oh, yeah. I didn't take my eyes off of him. Wow, but he I mean, looked. But he looked away. He wouldn't look in the. He wouldn't look in the eye. No, he would for a while, but then he he couldn't deal with it, so he looked away. Then I started st staring at Bailey. Every time he looked up, I was looking at him. He didn't like that either. <laughs> wow, <laughs> playing playing mind games. With the him. book. The book is it's called Murder in Spokane. He also, <clears throat> if you want to read books about OJ, he wrote a book called Murder in Brentwood, and he has a murder uh, a book about the uh, Martha Moxley case, which is called Murder Murder in Greenwich. The, so, the murder in Brentwood was a bestseller, wasn't it? Yes, both of them. Yeah, that was. Uh, I was. Boy, I, I looked at that uh, that list that I was the 
number one on the New York Times bestseller. I look at some of the books I was on that list with, and and it, it just kind of hit me last year. I was I was on a list with uh, Angela's Ashes and In the Garden of Good and Evil, and and I was on top of these, so I felt pretty cocky for a couple of weeks. And I hope I hope you made some good money on the deal too. You deserved it. Uh, you know, publishing and writing books is is a good living, but you're not gonna you're not gonna make your you're, uh, you know, it's not the holy grail, believe you know, me. You know, Mark, we got to get going now, but I would love to recall you sometime and just talk some more about this. I'm, I'm very, I mean, I think most of America is riveted by, by this. I'm just, honestly, God, no matter how long ago it happened, you know, it's the one of the most scandalistic things we've ever had to deal with in our lifetime. And I, you know, we're talking to a person that knows more about it than anybody and got pinned as the bad guy. Whenevertably, he was railroaded into this deal. And most of corporate America and people like us, whatever you may construe that as, thinks that this guy was dead on. I mean, dead on, the, right? Well, I, I appreciate that. Anytime you want, anytime you want to do a show, you know, you got the number. Just I would save it and call me up. I would love to call you, man. And, and Mark, my name is Bob with the Love Sponge, and uh, I appreciate you going on. And, man, and again, we'll, I like to give you a call in a couple of weeks if it's okay with you. When you get that mayor spot, <clears throat> yeah, I'll be waiting for the call. Absolutely, <laughs> Pace, but you know, I, I get you like a hundred fifty thousand dollar police chief job. That'd be, okay, that'd be, that'd be okay. Do I get a car and a, and a secretary I get to pick? You get a secretary you get to pick, a car, and maybe like a helicopter, too. Oh, cool.